This is Sandy Krakowski, and welcome to A Real Change. Well, hello. I'm excited to be able to share with you guys today some things that you have said you want to hear from me. I've got some input on my Facebook as well as in my Instagram and my inner circle about the topic of trauma, about the topic of how our mind works. You know, I lived a life where I experienced some horrific trauma, trauma like a gang rape, trauma like molestation as a little girl. And when people hear that story, they conclude that if sometimes their trauma wasn't that serious, maybe it's not legitimate. But what I want to share with you today is it's not only trauma that we may encounter in our lifetime that could be holding us back from our business efforts, our fitness efforts, our relationship desires, and more, but it could even be a cycle of how we developed a coping skill or even a survival method that puts us in a situation where our conscious and subconscious mind is now in conflict. So let's take ourselves outside of the mindset that we're actually talking about trauma. Let's talk about the two selves that we operate in all day. And the fun thing to me is God wired us this way. He made us this way. He's given us a conscious and a subconscious mind for us to be the most effective humans, the impactors of the world, engaging with each other and doing a, a human experience here on planet earth. But within those two realms, the conscious and subconscious mind, we learn that there's a part of us that I'm going to call the polite self. <laughs> the polite self is the conscious mind. It's who I'm letting you see. It's who I show up at work as. It's Some people call it their, their Christian self. Now, if you're not a Christian, you might just call it your better self. <laughs> you're not even talking about your marriage or your partner when you mention your better half. You're, you're literally talking about yourself. There's your polite self. And then there's your unbridled self. Sadly, some people refer to this as their polite self, like who they show up in public, and their unconscious mind as who they really are. But I think we've got to be careful with that because that can lead to some self-judgment. There's a lot of truth to that. The polite self, the, the self that we present to other people, the self that most of the time people see, the self that's on social media can, can be our real self, but sometimes as well, it can have cloaks and coverings and, and methods and strategies and things that we've done to protect ourselves from pain, to protect ourselves from hurt, to protect ourselves from future trauma, to protect ourselves from future bullshitaki, if you will. <laughs> and then your unbridled self that I'm calling it, your subconscious mind actually is where, what many people even call a gut check. And that comes from the fact that, you know, a lot of scientists, a lot of people who study gut health, a lot of high performing coaches refer to um, our mind here that has no filter on truth or false. It only knows what we tell it. But then we actually have a whole set of neurotransmitters. We have a whole set of neurotransmitters in our gut 
that is actually more profound than what's going on here with our thinking type brain. I'm not a scientist, so I'm not going to say some of these things in a scientific way that you might be reading when you study things like the polyvagal theory or, or uh, Dr. John Sarnos. Yeah, that's his name. Sarnos, when he talks about the divided mind or Mastin Kip, who, by the way, I'm super excited has agreed to be on my, pro my podcast. We've got so much we can learn from him. Those people are going to go very deep into the the neural pathways and and how the brain operates. I'm I'm a simpleton. <laughs> I'm a simple girl. I'm gonna bring it into like you know this is your pro this is your Christian self, and then this is your inner bitch, <laughs> if you will. You know what's interesting too is that our body God didn't design for us to have this massive conflict between our polite self and our unbridled self, between our conscious and subconscious mind, between our kind person and our inner dog. No, we were made as tripartite beings, body, soul, and spirit, where all of this would be in alignment together. And we have, unfortunately, I will say as a human race, especially now, especially with this global trauma, is what I'm going to refer to this pandemic as. We've been programmed to survive. And survive is almost like a disassociating term, a repression, a repressing term. Like the tough actually make it. So like, you know, grit in and survive and get this done. And, and some of that's actually good. Because you certainly don't want to go to the other extreme where you're a drama mama or a goofball and like, you know, you're just like, oh my gosh, subjected to every little anything that's coming your way. We can't live that way either. But in this survival mentality, it's like we teach people to just like fall on your face and break your skull, but just wipe your knees and get up despite the fact that you broke your skull. You know, certainly every situation we deal with is not a skull breaking traumatic event. But we have been programmed as a society and we're programming each other and we're teaching our children to just suck it up. Or if you're in the Christian community, it's, it's the give it to God. Just give it to God. As if you start thinking about it and feeling and whatever is going to be not giving it to God. Like, like you can even get to this point where you think that if you're processing through it or still thinking about it, people will think, well, you don't have faith. And, and that just feeds into this repression. And what I want to talk to you about is some of the things that really helped me in my journey of battling with autoimmune conditions, of battling with diagnoses and treatments and living with Crohn's disease, of living with rheumatoid arthritis, of living with different things. And I was on opiates and prednisone. And while I was never addicted to it, I had a physiological dependence to these medications because of the pain and the chronic inflammation, et cetera. And on my journey of weaning off of them and coming up with even a full protocol of how to do so without side effects, and I'm talking 140 milligrams of Oxycontin and 90 milligrams of prednisone. I'm not talking a, you know, well, I just decided to go off them one day and trust God. No, I had to help my physiology to recover. My brain cells were starting to open and, 
and my subconscious mind was at such a heightened level of everything as I began to feel things that I had repressed through abuse and trauma for so many years. Everything was so heightened. Oh my gosh. Like even getting into a relationship with man, everything was like with a man was like, ah, so freaking big. And I had to learn for me, I'd been through things like restoring the foundation, spent over three weeks total in a year with a lot of healing. And I believe in that. And I spent time in sozos and things, which are very similar to the restoring the foundations. And I believe in that and, and did things like acupuncture to help my body and, and an anti-inflammatory diet, which really helped. But there was still this war. And honestly, in real reality, major PTSD going on in my mind that would cause me to do things like my physiology would kick in way before my emotions and thought would kick in. And I would find myself getting upset or I'd find myself running away or I'd find myself shutting down or find myself putting up a boundary. And I believe boundaries are super helpful. We need to have them. But I mean, I was putting up a boundary for every little thing that made my physiology, if there was distress, it was like, ah, what, I got to get this distress out of here because I'm trying to heal. Because initially, whenever there was distress, a lot of it was just repressed. A lot of it was just disassociated from. A lot of it was just sucked up. Like that's the process of dealing with a difficult marriage or dealing with autoimmune condition or dealing with the trauma I had. And it didn't help that I had this whacked out theology that because Jesus had died on the cross and rose again and had forgiven all my past, present, and future sin, that I believed that he was going to take all my trauma and just wipe it away. The blood of Jesus was going to wipe it away. So there was a constant judgment against myself for why am I feeling this and why am I being like this? And that does not support your polite and unbridled self doesn't support the conscious and subconscious mind does not support the pretty me and the inner dog. I know some of you will be offended if I say it's my inner bitch and I, I don't want to offend you. I know some of you are Christians. I'll tell you what though, on my podcast, it's going to be a little less politically correct, if you will, because to tell you the truth, I don't want to create a persona where people can build me up. I mean, I got 3 million people who interact with me every week on social media. And I have, I don't want to create this persona where people are idolizing this thing that they think I am. And in my real life, I mean, I'm calling that dog inside of me, the freaking inner bitch. Cause that's what a dog is. And I'm a female and she doesn't shut up like the subconscious mind. Oh my gosh is constantly running between, okay, this is the past and this is the future, and this is the past and this is the future. The subconscious mind does that, but I call mine my inner bitch because it's pulling me out of present. Anybody feel that way? This surviving and give it to God. And, and my, my mind, like my survivor brain is doing what it was designed by God to do. This happened to you in the past. You were gang raped. You were abused. You lived with a predator. You were violated. You were lied against. You were, all your rights were taken away and you had no choice in the matter. And you did not know what tomorrow was happening. Now you're living and growing and you have a choice and it's not happening anymore. And, and you're walking it out and you're, you're awake. You're what? and you're aware of your feelings but I still find my my subconscious mind going ah, 
Warning, 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 Will, Will, Will Robinson. Warning, warning. <laughs> We're going into something that could mean your future's going to repeat your past. Get out of there! And my physiology will kick in, and I'm going to tell myself the truth. And I've learned through all of this that staying in the present is the most powerful thing we can do. I'm prophetic. And so I'm speaking those things into the future that are not as if they were. I'm, I'm prophesying and declaring things into the future with my intentions and the things that I want. But I find a war within my members, if you will, <laughs> between my conscious and subconscious mind. And it's like, it's all day long. I can't wait for Mastin to talk about this. It's all day freaking long without you even knowing because this is how we're wired. And the more healing I got into, I realized that coping was not resolving the trauma, mm -mm. It was actually escalating it. Repressing was not resolving the trauma, it was not resolving this, this physiological response that would deter me at any given time. Mind you, a lot of mine was PTSD. Some of you might just be because of your wrong beliefs about yourself, about God, about money, about business, about your freedom, about your body, whatever it is. And to be honest with you, medicating through it, we all self-medicate because this massive subconscious and conscious war causes our dopamine levels and our neuropinephrine levels. And, and Dr. John Sarno will talk about what happens even with back pain. I had over 20 lesions on my spine that I literally saw go away on an MRI, a tumor that was fast growing that they did a full body scan and thought I had cancer that boop, disappeared. Discs that were buckling into my spinal cord and causing my feet and my hands to go numb and neurological manifestations. And at one point they thought I had MS and I saw the discs realign and release that pressure off my spinal cord. I'm in the gym four to six days a week. I'm leg pressing over 400 pounds and not dying. I, I've had a massive physiological healing because of understanding what's going on. One of the first things that had a, a lot to do with my healing, and I'm going to talk about this in the, in the, within the next week or two, a topic about cannabis and THC and CBD and utilizing the full plant. And, and I'm going to talk about cannabis and Christians, and I'm not going to talk about, you know, well, God made the plant, so it should be fine. No, God has asked me to break shame off that plant and to talk to you about the endocannabinoid system and microdosing. I'm not going to go deep into that. But as I was weaning off the medication, the cannabis actually opened my mind. The cannabis, my endocannabinoid system was so impaired from all this Conscious, subconscious mind war, physiological trauma, constantly being in survivor brain, constantly operating in hypervigilance and the autoimmune condition and the opiates and the prednisone that one of the first things I had to learn was dealing with the truth, staying in the present, what was actually happening. No, this is a disagreement with somebody you're dating or your friend or with an employee or something you don't understand going on here in the world, deal with it. You're not reliving that freaking gang rape in a garage, in a parking structure. Your physiology right now is sensing something. So talk, speak to your physiology, Sandy. 
talk to it. What's happening now? I had to deal with the truth. I had to address the trauma. Oh my gosh. I had to address what had happened to me. That was the hardest because my 56-year-old mommy brain wanted to take the three-year-old who was violated and hold her in my arms and tell her, baby girl, you are worthy of love. You are, you are beautiful. You are worth caring for. I had to deal with the 20-year-old who was bodybuilding and building a her vision and whatever, and a boyfriend that she trusted had led a gang rape. I had to deal with the violation of trust. I was not only raped physically, I was raped emotionally. And as I started dealing with what, what the war was that was going on and addressing the trauma and facing the conflict, what you see is the manifestation of that. Many of you who know me, and those of you who don't, take a peek on my social media to some of the before and afters I play periodically. I post. <laughs> it's, I'm, it's unremarkable. I, I, I am not the same woman because I've not only been woke, the trauma's been released from my muscles has been released from my body, has been released from my neural pathways. And that was the first step to wholeness. That was the first step. I mean, we'd go on for hours and hours and hours. And if I were to tell you everything that I did, but repressing was as unhealthy as hysteria. Both were so hard and are so hard on our adrenals. Sometimes we learn to cope when repressing because we have to. Um, I had trauma when I should have been nurtured. I had trauma when I should have been protected and taught how to handle stress and how to handle the difficulty. And because I was alone and many times after a violation or, or a traumatic event, even as a very little girl, I had to go on my own and repressing and disassociating was the only way to survive. So I had to teach my brain, teach my body how to be powerful again. Let me give you four keys that made such a difference. Number one was I had to stay awake. I had to be self-aware as much as I was broadly aware. I had to stay, you know, number one was just staying awake and being willing to be self-aware and knowing who gets to speak into my life and who has not earned that privilege there's only like two or three. The people who get to speak into my life in a deep way know the whole story. They know where I was violated and they know where I suck. <laughs> they know where I had to learn how to not have a victim mindset and they know where I had to repent and where, because I had to take responsibility and accountability. We have to take responsibility and accountability for how we are in our now. I'm not saying we disannul, we discredit, or we say it wasn't real what happened, but we can't keep shifting in, in this hypervigilance and say, well, we need to just look away at how we're treating people or how we are because I, this had happened. No, no. 
we have to stay awake. We have to stay self-aware. And that self-awareness is what brings healing. And number two, we have to stay present. In stress, we have to pay attention to this past, future, past, future, past, future, past, future cycle and the repressive and disassociating tendencies. We have to stay present. And sometimes we need someone else to help us stay present and figure out what the real deal is. Help us figure out what the real thing is we're looking for, the root right now. What is the need that you have? Because sometimes it can be such a huge need, but it can be reconciled so quickly in 30 seconds if we're self-aware. And sometimes other people, like I said, who've, who've earned that right to speak into our life can ha- really help with that. I have those people in my life and they hold me not like accountable, like calling me out, but they call me up and they remind me who I am. They help me out of my amnesia, if you will, when I forget who the heck I am and what's going on and how powerful I am. And the third thing is enjoy that journey. That's not easy for those of us who are like task, task, onward, onward. I've built 19 <laughs> companies, like 15 of them were multi-million, some were eight figures. It's like, yeah, what do you mean enjoy the journey? Get the dang thing done. <laughs> and I had to learn how to release that trauma and, and give myself the process. And I got back into the gym and, and having healthy relationships, healthy relationships help heal us so much. Yet our tendency will be to dis- disassociate and be a loner. Fourth thing, we've got to do something three, four times a week. My preference is five, six times a week that gives us that release. And for me, that is getting that adrenaline oh, and that inner warrior and that strength up and making my inner bitch submit to what's going on in my physiology while I'm working out. And oh, it opens up all the neural pathways and it gives me that release and helps me see clear and reminds me who I am. And oh, it's just incredible. Whether you work out or you take a walk or you do something fun with friends or you you do yoga or whatever it is, be good to you. Don't just sit on this thing like to have open heart surgery and release the trauma and help yourself and become self-aware, but you're not rewarding yourself. The physically intense, how far can I actually go? Oh my gosh, can I actually go farther? Can I actually do five more reps? Oh my gosh, can I actually work through the burn and not hurt myself? Can I actually go, go, go in the gym even when my body feels like it's dying? I have a trainer who helps me not hurt myself. Can I go again? That's actually teaching me what I actually can do within stress and not break and not crumble and not like be suffocated with all the hormones and emotions and thinking in my ovaries and thinking with my, you know, survivor brain, stuff that can make you turn into a Looney Tune. (laughs) So important for me to be able to do that. And and the fifth thing is, because I did say four, but I always throw in an extra one, (laughs) is to release that trauma. And I want to encourage you. I spent eight hours. I have a course in my inner circle. My inner circle is not just about small business, but I have eight hours in my inner circle. I'm a recording on how to release the trauma and how to listen to the cycles that are going on in your head and how to find out where are you repressing and, and disassociating and how to work through that and how to heal yourself. I want to encourage you. There's a link um, in some of the channels with this podcast for that. Otherwise, you can go to arealchange.com forward slash inner circle to get access to that. The biggest thing I want to say to you today is that nobody's ever said it to you. You are worth it. You are worth it. 
You are worth the fight. You are worth the healing. You are worth processing through the journey. You are worth all the effort it's going to take and all the time it's going to take. And you are worth the process of coming out of your amnesia and remembering who you are. And you deserve it. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, don't forget who you are because you're amazing. Talk to you soon.